From TriTank Experimental Laboratory, this is the TriTank Podcast, where we talk about all things related to innovation in the church. I'm Father Lorenz Labrija. Thank you for joining us. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the TriTank Podcast. I'm Father Lorenz Labrija back in my home in Los Angeles, which is good to be home for a little bit. And this is episode 012, episode 12 on movies, conferences, and more. And it really is a, a little a little bit of everything. In this episode, I'll be having a wonderful behind-the-scenes conversation with the director, Brian Eady, of the movie A Case for Love, which is coming up very soon. And we get to hear a little bit about both his trip around the country and also what the movie is really about. And I think mo most importantly for, for us, the fact that it's also an invitation to invite people to hear sort of a case for love. This, this case about being good people in the world, i.e. Christians, and that they won't be turned off by the movie, even if, if someone that doesn't have a church relationship. So that's a good conversation. Uh, as a reminder on that, the movie's February, I'm sorry, January 23rd. If you get an opportunity to go see the movie, uh, do so. If you're in Los Angeles, I hope to see you at one of the screenings here. Uh, uh, so that's the first part of our conversation. The second part of our conversation, uh, or rather of the show, I'll be having a conversation with Sarah Bentley Allred. She's part of the team at Lifelong Learning at Virginia Theological Seminary, but she's also the convener for the Forma Network, which is all about Christian formation. And if you listen to our show, you know I'm a big fan of doubling down on Christian formation if you want your church to be vital and grow. And we'll be talking a little bit about the Forma Conference, which is coming up, uh, where, by the way, I will be a presenter. So I hope you enjoyed those conversations. Before we get there, though, today, uh, I wanted to, uh, to say happy birthday to TriTech. We turned five years old uh, this past January 2nd. Who would have thought, right, when we first began with this idea of what TriTank could be and what it was about? Uh, to be quite honest, we didn't even know sort of like which framework would we use when we're doing experiments? Would we call them experiments? Uh, if we're a laboratory, what does that sort of look like? And so we, I, I began by, I remember my first year, I ended up going to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, trying to see what technology was out there. That's where the Alexa skill that we created came from, that, that visit. But then it was also about how do we do this work in a way that's both faithful and meaningful. In other words, we're not just doing experiments for the sake of doing experiments. We're doing them because we do believe that Jesus is the Son of God and we want people to know that. And so how do we how do we prepare the church for the future? In the last five years, we have launched uh, 96 experiments uh, as of right now. Oh, there's a couple more coming, but as of right now, 96 experiments, uh, 12 of which have become their ongoing ministries in the church, which is kind of cool. Uh, we failed a lot. Uh, and, and I need to speak a little bit about what failure means, right? Failure it does not necessarily mean that... Uh, we fell flat on our faces. It means that what we thought every time we go into an experiment, we have what we will evaluate it as to know whether or not we succeeded. And sometimes we don't get those milestones, but we learn other things. And sometimes the other thing is the, Oh, let's just get out of this field altogether. Let's not do that. Um, so we failed a lot and hopefully also have along the way 
taught others that it is okay to fail in this work that by doing so. So um, that was interesting and, and, and love doing that. Even though we fail a lot, nine out of 10 times we, we are failing or not succeeding in the way we thought we might, but we're learning along the way. We've worked with some 500 congregations. We did the film that got a lot of response on that film. And I've been on airplanes. I think when people ask me, what's your church? I say, it's about, it's at about 30,000 or 37,000 feet up in the air. So when I pray for you, I'm closer to God. Just <laughs> so, so if you ever need prayers, just go ahead and drop me a note, Lorenzo at Tritag, and I'll be praying for you from, from a plane. But I want to let you know a little bit also about what's coming next. So Tritank Experimental Laboratory, as of the 2nd of January of this year, became Tritank Research Institute, which I just find it to be an amazing sort of expansion of who we are and what we're doing in our work. Because as we've done this work, we've recognized the need to do deeper sort of uh, rigorous social research in this so that we can not only inform our own experiments, but at the same time, we can also inform the church about what's actually happening right now. And so we're, 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 we're pivoting a little bit. We're going to be doing a lot more research as part of our work, which is very, I'm, I'm super excited by that because I love doing the research. I love doing ethnographic research. I love talking to people, doing one-on-one interviews, focus groups, that sort of work. So I'm just really excited by the fact that some of our work will also be peer reviewed. Uh, we will actually be showing it to others and hopefully get into some academic, uh, articles. But more than that, that, that others will be able to look at it, not only come up with their own experiments, but at the same time, they will be able to make decisions. Our hope is that in everything that we do, the, the, what comes out of it is actionable data that the church can use for, for the future. So super ex excited about that. I'm sure you'll be hearing more as time comes. So without further ado, that is it for me. Happy birthday to Tritank and happy new year to all of you in this 2024. Uh, it's going to be an exciting year, I know. So I hope you enjoy the episode. And remember, anytime, drop me a note, Lorenzo at Tritank.org. And in the first part of the broadcast, today we will be talking about the movie A Case for Love. And in particular, we're going to be talking to the director of the documentary, uh, Brian Eady. Brian has worked in the entertainment industry for over 20 years, initially as a paid actor, then producer, and eventually he journeyed over into the world of directing. A Case for Love is his fifth film and premiere feature-length documentary. So we're actually very much looking forward to that. After producing and directing the feature film This Day Forward, he traveled across the U.S. presenting the film in churches, theaters, and community centers while discussing the film's message and experiencing its impact on the audiences. Following that tour, the Lutheran Church of Australia called him to their communities to do the same. I am still waiting for that call from the Lutheran Church of Australia to go visit them down there. So he has done, um, he's been with, uh, found, he, he founded a company that produced this film, which is called Grace Based Films. He directed a movie called Clear Lake, Wisconsin, and the recent Faith, 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 blah, 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 blah. I can actually say this faith-based short film, Reconcile, which has been viewed and used in 47 different countries. Let's join the podcast and have a conversation with Brian. Brian Eady, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you with us. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. 
And today, just so that everyone knows, it's, it's about the 11th of January when we're recording this. Where are you today? I am in Jacksonville. I had to ask myself that question. Um, <laughs> if, it, if it's Thursday, it must be Jacksonville. <laughs> I don't even know what day. So I'm glad you asked where, not when. But no, I'm in Jacksonville. And then I had uh, drive up to Atlanta later today. And the reason uh, for for those of us listening, uh, those listening, that this is important is because Brian lives in Los Angeles. He's a friend of mine here in Los Angeles, goes to All Saints Beverly Hills. And he has been driving across the country to make the case for a case for love. Yes. How's yeah. it been? How's how's the drive? How are people receiving it? Tell, tell us about the drive so far. Well, I think we crossed a little over 3,500 miles yesterday on the road, and uh, I have taken the southern route, so kind of Palm Springs down to Phoenix, Albuquerque, Flagstaff, Texas, uh, Louisiana, and now here. So the weather has been great. I'm, I realize <laughs> I'm about to go north, and, and that's <laughs> a very different case. But uh, hope you brought a jacket. Uh, many. <laughs> so it, but but I am I'm grateful. It has been an amazing uh, journey so far. Excellent. So. Tell us about A Case for Love. Tell us uh, what, for someone who lives under an, an Episcopal rock and has not heard, you know, if you're within Episcopal circles everywhere on Facebook, everywhere, wherever I am, if you're an Episcopalian, you probably have heard about A Case for Love. But for someone who hasn't heard, tell us about A Case for Love. It is a documentary that was inspired by Bishop Curry's message of unselfish love from the royal wedding and then his teachings thereon. And as I understand it, and I tell this to everybody, I'm not a teacher and I'm not a theologian. Um, so I'm a guy. And Understood. Noted. Yes. <laughs> and the way that it absorbed into me is we have got to figure out, not as Episcopalians, not as Christians, but just as human beings, how to live into this notion of unselfish love. And we're certainly seeing the impact of that not happening in society. Mm -hmm. And so we were approached back at the infamous seep uh, of 2020, the one right before when COVID blew up. Uh, for those that don't know, seep is, used to be the Consortium of Endowed Episcopal Churches, which is now the Episcopal Parish Network. So just correct. I, I want to make sure anyone who's like, what, what's a seep? So we yeah. at that meeting, we were there and, and we were talking about a different project we thought we were going to do. And then the notion of this documentary came up and Bishop Curry was at the time was writing and preparing to release his book. That was kind of half his message, half his life. And the conversation then turned to, well, it's one thing to preach about this notion or write books about it, but what does it actually look like in the real world? And what would it look like for a film crew who are immersed in their faith, but not a part of the umbrella of the institution to go out and just engage with people. And for us in Los Angeles in 2020, we actually filmed in 2021, you know, COVID had really made our bubbles very small compared mm -hmm. to much of the country. And for me, when we started to prepare this filming, I had gotten to a point where when you stop engaging with human beings because of something like COVID and only engage with your social media and your news of choice, you start to believe the headlines that are fired at you because you don't have any interactive engagement otherwise. And uh, it's easy to start demonizing people that you may not have otherwise. And so this project became a chance to be on the road, eight of us, three vans, and just re-engage with people and explore this notion of unselfish love. What does it look like? What does it mean to people? Um, and so that's what we did. We filmed that in 2021, driving all the way across America um, the film is a collection of 14 deep dive stories 
okay. ordinary people of military folks or adoption folks or there's stories that are about living into that unselfish trying to. Okay. I'm trying to. These are not experts. We That's a good point. That's a good point that just because we we say we want it's for all of us right who are Christians is like I try to follow Jesus every day. It doesn't mean that I succeed every day, right? Yeah. And I think that historically the things that were coming through Hollywood that had some faith element into it had this notion that if your faith was strong enough, your football team won. Or if your faith was strong enough, you got reconciled or yeah. you found healing. And I think from our last project, what we learned engaging with people is that they look at that. And if they're not finding healing or they're not finding reconciliation, then there must be something wrong with them. They start to internalize that. And I think uh, we have the beautiful responsibility and the gift of telling messier faith stories and so that's what these were across across the country. We're not experts on this by any means. They're just ordinary folks. You call them messier. I call them more real faith yes. stories, I think, than, than just messier. But you know what's interesting is uh, this whole notion of trying and and not always succeeding. A, I literally write, we're called tri-tank, so we try all the time. But it's in our baptismal covenant, right, that we will resist evil as best we can. And then when we don't, right, it literally says, we understand that you're going to try, but you're not always going to get it. So when you don't just turn back, it's okay to say, I failed trying my best, but I turned back. Yeah. So, and is, is does the movie have like a, I, just, that's the difference between documentaries and like yeah. the Avengers or something. Well, no, there's a lot of difference between documentaries <laughs> and the Avengers for the record. I'm not yeah. saying, but does it have a story arc that it follows through? Uh, it's like Nuri, I'm, I'm Nuri, it's Curry sort of Bishop Curry, the, the sort of th through line on it all. He, he, we open with him without giving too much away. We open with him kind of, oh, that's right. Don't give anything away. No spoilers yes. here. Yes. No, we, we open with the question to him is love dead. It's just this kind of jarring question. And then the 95% of the movie are these deep dive stories that I okay. mentioned. And they're woven together into chapters. And there's usually two or three of those stories. And they're woven together in universal themed chapters. So a chapter right. on love and loss or being dealt a difficult hand in life or exclusion or answering the call or um, a hope. And so through that, our goal was a that we wanted ordinary people to be the heart of this documentary. So when ordinary folks like us watched it and hopefully were moved or inspired, then we we're like, okay, if they can do it, then I can do it. And not just a bunch of experts or but theologians then, or, yeah, or, right? Right. Like, or people that started amazing nonprofits and well, good Correct. for them, but what am I going to do? Correct. I, I'm a single, per, I'm a single parent and I've got two kids and I work two jobs and I'm yeah. doing the best I can. Yeah. Yay for them. You know, kind exactly. of like, yeah. Ooh, you go. <laughs> And yeah. So, and we also have stories in there that aren't fully realized yet that that a number of these folks are still in the trenches trying to figure this out. And so that's really the heartbeat of it. And those are woven together. We have probably 250 men on the street interviews where we just pulled over, literally pulled over on the Brooklyn Bridge or downtown Minneapolis or a, a small farm in Pennsylvania. And we just ask people, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the words unselfish love? And where have you seen it in the world? And where have you seen its absence? And so those are sprinkled as chapter dividers. And then we have 14 kind of notable figures that are in there from actors like Sam Waterston and politicians like Pete Buttigieg and John Danforth and Jim Clyburn and um, nonprofit leaders like Becca Stevens and, and the mm. theologians, uh, Christian, Muslim, and Jewish, who succinctly said many of the things that the longer story allows to slowly unpack. Oh, excellent. And it was at the end of that that we finally sat with Bishop Curry and said, okay, 
you know, here's what we saw. Like, what does this mean? And I, I yeah. hope it's not a spoiler, right? At the, when you say you began the conversation by asking Bishop Curry is love dead. I hope it's not a spoiler to say that. I hope his answer was no, it's not. Love is not Ooh, dead. Man, I can't tell you that. We, yeah, we know how pessimistic <laughs> Bishop I'm just going to like shut all this down and let's just call it a day, people. It's just, yeah. there's no hope left. The, but the moment that Bishop Michael Curry says that love is dead, I'm out. Yeah. I just tap out, you know. So let's go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead for for those of you who haven't seen the preview or whatnot. Let's go ahead and take a listen real quick to just a little bit of the preview from the show. Is love dead? What do you think? Feels like people are becoming more selfish. Racial inequality. The disturbing surge of racist attacks against Asian Americans. People now hate each other if they disagree. We never really get to know the other. We're scared of the other. It's hard not to take it personally. What we are seeing is just the tip of the iceberg. We will either learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will perish together as fools. Sometimes things are happening around us, and we're not even attentive to others. There are clearly tensions that are not helping us to hear the truth. For those who are struggling with trauma, people don't listen to them. They hear them. They don't listen. I was just a runner, and no one ever asked me what I was running from. Kids are not running from home just because they want to run. They're running from something. You see, yet again, I just want to see that movie. I, I am, I, I cannot tell you how much I am looking forward to. And, and, ladies and gentlemen, for those listening, uh, Brian and I are friends, and still, no matter how much I've tried to bribe him, he has not let me see the movie. So I will be with everyone on January twenty third as we all go out to see the movie. So, Brian, go ahead and tell us. So, it, by the way, it's also we, we, kudos to you and the team, by the way, because. For an independent filmmaker to get a thousand theaters on the same night to show the same movie that's that's re- really has like no track record or that's 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 amazing. Yeah, it's remarkable and, and we're grateful all the time. I think that so the the company that's releasing it is called Fathom Events and they're owned by AMC Regal and Cinemark. And so they're built to create opportunities in theaters for content that wouldn't normally get in. And they put it in during the weekday. And they're all, they always started a single day. So when you're not the Avengers, this is a remarkable <laughs> opportunity you know, to be in theaters across the country. And it was, I think it was the content, the way it was made in the content and the realization that the world is hungry for something hopeful in this incredibly divisive time. And we know 24 with all the election stuff, no matter where we are on the spectrum, Correct. it's going to be a rough year again. But the hesitation for them was they do a number of faith-based or faith-centric kind of um, releases, but it's almost always through the evangelical kind of mega church world. Because from a business model, it's super easy for a, a priest or a pastor at the top of a 10,000 person church to say, go see this film, 10,000 people go see it. But the progressive church has never really been given the same opportunity to this megaphone or the spotlight that we're getting now. And and so they really want to see, can the progressive church, the Episcopalians and the, the Lutherans and the Presbyterians participate in something? And if they do, then Hollywood, I think, is going to open up more opportunities for... Um, for voices like ours. So we're, awesome. we're grateful. And I know that some people have bought out theaters, right, to take their whole congregation or diocesan offices have bought out theaters to take people and to go as groups. If someone wants tickets, where do they go? The easiest way is to go to the film's website at a com. 
And on the front page of that, there's the trailer. So somebody can watch it right away. Then there's a button that says get tickets on there. And once you get click on that, it takes you to Fathom site and it should automatically know where you are, which is a little creepy, but, um, <laughs> but then it tells you, okay, you're going to be at the Cinemark 20 downtown Phoenix. Here's the five closest theaters to you. Uh, so it kind of walks you through um, how to, how best to do that. And it is just that one date, to be clear. It is January 23rd. So for those of you listening, I would encourage you to go to a acaseforlovemovie.com. Find the theaters nearest you. If if you can, go ahead, buy out the whole theater, invite all your friends, because it's also a message for those of us who are in the Episcopal Church and believe in, in God's love and that God's love can redeem the world. This... Uh, this is a sort of an antidote to all the bad news we see every day that says yeah. everything is falling apart and everything in the world just seems to be where there are two wars going on right now uh, that that we that yeah. we actually right. keep track of. There's more than two wars going on. There's all the violence. There's the people who are fleeing violence in their home trying to come to our country. So there's so many things that could just easily sort of suppress our hope. And this is, it reminds me of the beginning of the Gospel of John, right? That the light will overcome the darkness. And I think this is one of those little, if even if it's just a little match, that's, I've always loved that image. No matter how dark it is and how big the space, even just the smallest little match will conquer the darkness, right? It cannot defeat it. So this hopefully will be that little match that will light a whole bunch of other lights and people and be like, yeah, I, I can see the world differently. I don't need to succumb to the, the the forces that say that I need to blame someone else or call someone the other or not love my neighbor. Uh, going back to our baptismal promises, right? That That's what we're called to do yeah. as Christians and especially as Episcopalians. Um, and I, it, real quick. Go ahead. What we're also seeing is, you know, this is not a propaganda movie for the Episcopal Church. It's born from that, but it is built for somebody who does not walk into a sanctuary to be equally engaged and moved. So while we're seeing people buy it out for their congregations, we're also seeing a lot of people buy it out as opportunities to hand out and donate tickets to the wider community because the Episcopal Church is where these kind of conversations are happening and can happen. And engaging somebody at a movie theater becomes a really beautiful place for some of these parishes to have this first touch point as opposed to, hey, come on Sunday morning into my sanctuary and let that be the first touch point. So you would not be embarrassed to bring somebody that does not attend your church to this film. Um, they would and not. At the end, it doesn't say you must go to church on Sunday or all of this is for naught. And just yes. there's a basket <laughs> that gets passed on the way out. Exactly. <laughs> Again, uh, January 23rd, A Case for Love, the, the website, a case for love Brian, so what's going to happen uh, when this is extremely successful? What what would be the next film that you're already dreaming about? Um, producers are always dreaming of films. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I joke right now that, so this film comes out on the 23rd. I think on the 24th, I'm going to throw my phone in the ocean and go live in the cave for a while. So that's, that's the first step. Um, but no, next, I do feel pulled right now. I feel like our young, I think you and I talked about this the other day. I think our young people are struggling right now. And I think they're absorbing toxicity in a way that we're not even fully realizing. And so I think the next film needs to serve young people in some way. And I don't know what that means. And we're going to travel around and engage with people and listen to kids and uh, young adults. But I think that uh, media is part of the problem. So media can also be part of the answer. And and I think uh, we're going to be in that space next. 
Awesome. Amen to that. I, I, once you know a little bit more about that, I'd love to help on that. Oh, uh, you know, that's you right. Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, January 23rd, a case for love, uh, a case for love movie.com. Brian Needy, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. And in this part, our final part of the podcast today, we're going to be talking to, it's actually, I'm, I'm so proud because it's actually someone who I work with. Uh, Sarah Bentley Allred is the Senior Formation Associate and Coordinator of the Forma Evangelism for Lifelong Learning at Virginia Theological Seminary. Before joining the Department of Lifelong Learning, Sarah served as a Director of Children and Youth Ministries for four years as a Director, sorry, as Director of Youth and uh, children and Youth Ministries for four years, and then she completed the MDiv program at VTS with a focus on Christian formation. So she knows her stuff. She is passionate about children's spirituality, intergenerational worship, and small church formation. She loves local coffee shops. I can totally attest to this. Board games, the beach, and exploring new places with her husband, Richard, and their toddler, Eleanor. She's just an amazing colleague, someone that really, really she feels the enthusiasm of this work. So I'm really happy to bring you this conversation to talk all about the former conference with Sarah Bentley Allred. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is, it's, you know, it's what's really, really cool for me. I must tell everyone is that it's an honor to actually have someone from the team, someone from lifelong learning on with me. Uh, sometimes, you know, out here in, in innovation land that is tri-tech, we don't get to, to always share with, with, with the world that there's a team that, that helps us. So yay. So, uh, welcome. I'm glad you're with us. Well, and, and the team doesn't always get to experiment. This so. is true. There we go. This is exciting. (laughs) Speaking of experiments, the conference this year is an experiment. So real quickly, for people that may not know, what is Forma? We just elevator pitch. Elevator pitch. Forma is the professional network for Christian formation professionals in the Episcopal Church. So we're thinking clergy folks who are involved in any kind of um, formation for children, youth, adults, which is most clergy folks. Uh, children's ministers, youth ministers, we have created, uh, it's about 25 years old, a network for folks to connect, um, be fed and nurtured and share resources. Awesome. And uh, anyone who's listening who has not yet uh, joined, uh, go ahead and join. Even I'm a member of Forma. And if you're, if you've been following, uh, Tritank for any length of time, uh, you know that we are double down on formation. If you want to be a vital uh, part of your community and you want your congregation to be healthy and grow, that is, if I had one piece of advice for anyone, it would be that. So join Forma because there you get to learn from others. And speaking of learning from others, that is exactly what the Forma conference is, is where people come together to be able to share experiences, to learn from each other. So, but there's something, unlike a conference where we, we grab our little swag bags and, and we travel somewhere and, and we're in person. This year is, it's something completely different because it can be in person, but it can also, so tell us about this radical hybrid, hybrid idea. Yeah. So, Forma has a long history of offering an annual conference, and it is a, certainly a place for content, sharing ideas. Um, we have plenary speakers to inspire us. We worship together. Um, and we have workshops where people actually doing formation on the ground are sharing their ideas, what they're doing. But when I talk to people about the Forma conference, what they really love is connecting with other people, um, networking, and hearing ideas around the table. So we knew that we wanted to offer a conference in 2024 that um, not only provided great content, the opportunity to network, 
but also was really accessible to people because the on-site single location conference is great and people love it. And also, it's not always accessible in terms of being able to travel, having the money to pay for a hotel, travel, registration. Um, Some folks might be taking care of elderly parents or toddlers and not be able to get away for a conference. So we wanted to try to figure out how do we meet in the middle and offer something that is solid in content, offers opportunities to connect, and doesn't lose that networking. So what we've come up with, um, and offers access, what we've come up with, we're calling it Radically Hybrid. And the idea is that there are multiple ways to participate based on your particular context and needs. So everything will run through Zoom. You can certainly jump on Zoom and participate from anywhere, from home, from church, wherever you happen to be, driving in the carpool line on your phone. But for those... <laughs> Even in, in Europe, I know that some of our listeners are in, in Europe, so they can also join in. Yeah, we have somebody registered from um, Canada. Uh, so so it's very accessible in that way, both in price point and being able to hop on Zoom when you're able, also watching recordings. That's the kind of accessibility piece. For those who really love getting to be with each other and sit around a com- common table and enjoy food together and that sort of thing. We have local gatherings and conference centers where you can go and join each other, especially um, have offered this opportunity for the conference center retreats are really an opportunity to not only meet up with other people, but have a little bit of that retreat experience. When the conference isn't happening, you might go for a hike. You might uh, walk the labyrinth. You might do some of those more meditative. One of our conference centers, Canuga, is offering spiritual direction. So Camp Allen in Texas and Canuga in North Carolina, those are two conference center retreat options. And then lastly, um, we've invited anybody who wants to host a local gathering can gather people together. It can be as simple as three people coming together at a church to enjoy the conference together, participate together. It could be more formal, like a diocese invites everybody together at a single location. So it's basically a dispersed learning and community conference this year. I love it, but I love the uh, the, the fact that you can still come together, that there's you can you can sort of pick and choose, but but I also love the fact that the content isn't minimized if you're not, you know, in one of those places. You can still receive the full content. And I, and I know that the speakers are going to be amazing. I mean, I'm one of them. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there right now. <laughs> in spite of me, the, the speakers are still going to be amazing. Tell us about what some of the some of the workshops, some of the what what are, what are people going to learn about? Yeah, so um, our theme comes from Isaiah. Well, uh, we're thinking about, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Uh, Do not perceive it. Now it springs forth. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And we're really taking inspiration for that and trying this new model. Um, So our opening plenary will really focus on bringing three folks together. um, Bishop Phoebe Rofe, Reverend Kate Kate Sabrini, (laughs) and... Molly Gallo Herman, I'm going to say your last name wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> bringing, bringing, bringing some speakers together who are in different stages and orders of ministry to talk about where they have experienced wilderness, how they responded or got through, um, and then helping us to then go into small groups and have conversation together about where we've experienced wilderness and what what we found that helped us move through that wilderness. So I'm really excited about that. 
our closing plenary speaker, Miriam McKinney, is absolutely not going to record her session until she has experienced the first three days of the conference. So that she can actually participate in the conference, integrate what she hears and experiences into her closing plenary about Isaiah. Um, So I'm excited to see how that's going to take shape. And we have workshops on a variety of topics. I'm really excited about kind of having a little bit of everything from um, working with children or youth to some intergenerational offerings to some things about mission. Um, So we hope that everybody can find a little something to um, help them develop their ministry further. And in a total shameless plug department, I will say that my own workshop is about Generation Z and Generation Alpha and what we can learn about them. And in the workshop, we will also be, for the first time ever, releasing some of the data of a major study that TriTank just did. Uh, so uh, make sure anyone can sign up. So we always like to make it uh, practical here on the podcast. So let's say that someone's like, oh, my God, I'm totally into this. I I totally believe we should be doubling down on faith formation. So uh, what should they do? Where do they go? What are the dates of the conference? We haven't even mentioned the dates of the conference. Uh, so we should probably do all of this right now. Now that we've told people and they're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to like drive off the road. Uh, what should, where, where do they go? How do they do it? Um, so all the information is on forma.church. So F-O-R-M-A dot church. And the conference is taking place in 12 days. Um, So that will start on January 22nd and run Monday to Thursday, January 25th. So we would love for you to register um, on our website. You can also become a member of Forma. We have a multi-tiered membership. So you can select the membership dues that respect Forma's work and respect your budget. Um, And I think along the lines of the experiment, I just want to say that this is a model we haven't tried before. And we're really committed to the assessment piece after the conference. So we're going to be doing a robust amount of surveying. Mm. Um, So after every workshop, uh, each participant is going to fill out like a five-question survey right after they participate in Lorenzo's workshop, for example. Um, So we're going to have... Best ratings. I can already tell you best ratings of the whole thing right there. So we'll have 20 little surveys about workshops and what people experienced and what worked well for them. And then participants also will kind of get a big survey, you know, at the end about the whole conference experience. And then we're going to be asking as many of the key stakeholders as we can, what it was like, what worked well, where were the tension and pain points. So thinking about our sponsors, the people who host a local gathering, the people who attend something on Zoom versus attending something on site. And then we're going to be doing a summative report that will be public. So really sharing out with the former community, but actually the wider church. Hey, here's how this works. Here's what didn't go well. Trying, We're going to try really hard to be transparent and honest about... Sounds like TriTech itself. You know, we, we, we're, I'm very honest about all the times that we fall down. It's like, we, but that's how we learn, right? And someone can be like, let me learn from what Sarah did in her conference so that we don't have to, we can learn from that, right? I do want to mention to, to the people who heard forma.church and you're like, what is dot church? What does that mean? Is there is, you know, you've heard of dot org or dot com. There is dot church and a gazillion others available now. So if you've never heard of a, a domain that doesn't end in dot com or dot church, welcome to that world. It is forma.church. Also, I want to make an offer. If anyone's hearing this and you're in Los Angeles, which is where I'm located, 
if you are going to do a local gathering, I will buy the food. I will buy the, 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 the little food and snacks for us to, to, to be there together. And I will do my workshop from wherever we are hosting it. So we could show the rest of the world. So if you are in Los Angeles, drop me a note, Lorenzo at Tritank, and we will do this. One final question though, Sarah. Assuming that someone hears this podcast and it is after the former conference, can they still take advantage of listening to the recordings and find out what can someone that's listening after do? Yes. And we don't have the details on how that will happen yet. Okay. So, so send me an email. Um, <laughs> and this is also, by the way, why people should become members, right? Because if 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 you're listening to this afterwards, go check out Forma.Church, become a member, and find out how you, by, by that point, it will all be out there. And one final yeah. thing, of course, is I know that many people go to conferences and they're like, I just love all the swag that we get. So uh, there is something even hybrid about that this year, right? Absolutely. And um, Lorenzo and I were together <laughs> in Virginia just um a week Last ago week? today yeah. <laughs> and we had about 200 usps flat rate mailers and we stuffed them full of gifts and promotional materials from our sponsors and those actually go out in the mail to participants and it's not too late to receive one of those boxes um if you sign up before the conference starts before january 22nd we have another shipment going out the week of the conference while supplies last. So we're going to do a second mailing. Um, so you see, you can get, and, and I, as someone who packed them, who worked that little uh, chain line there, uh, there's, there's books, there's uh, certainly pens, there's, there's some wonderful wooden crosses in there. There's some pretty cool stuff in there. So stickers, as long as the supplies, lot of lots of stickers, including, um, uh, yeah, so there's, there's just from, from BTS, I was going to say from lifelong learning. So Sarah, thanks so much. I know you, you're super busy because the conference is like days away. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. People listening, I encourage you to go. Uh, I, this is something that makes us all better. The more we can double down on formation, the better as a church we will all be. So I encourage you, go to the conference, join Forma, and together we'll make our church better. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Lorenzo. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. To learn more about Tritank, visit tritank.org. Be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter where you can keep up with all of our experiments. The Tritank Podcast is a production of Tritank in association with Resonate Media. Tritank is a joint venture between Virginia Theological Seminary and General Theological Seminary. Again, thanks for joining us. I'm Father Lorenzo Labrija. Until next time, may God bless you. Do you have something to say? Are there people who want or need to hear from you? Have you always wanted to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Welcome to Resonate Media, where our mission is to amplify you. At Resonate Media, we focus on helping underrepresented voices and aspiring podcasters get started by providing equipment, expertise, and experience to help you launch a podcast. To get started, visit ResonateMediaPro.com. Don't let the confusion, complications, and costs of posting, recording, editing, and distribution hold you back. The world needs to hear what you have to say. Resonate Media can help your voice be heard.